Hello again, Pastor Deborah for God Be Love, Love Is Here Ministries. And this is series two of Mental Health and the Forever Person. In the first series, which had seven episodes, we talked about a math, a new math, called one plus one plus one. This series, which is beginning uh, today, and I'll have many different episodes in it, is entitled The Three Realms. This is going to be a little introduction into these episodes that are coming. Oh my goodness, I got started a little bit early. <laughs> People are still finding their seats. Okay. Oh my goodness, got a lot of people here today from all over the world because the videos are starting to get known and some of my stories, they're incredible, are starting to be heard because they have been silent for many, many years. But this new series, uh, both the webcams and the podcast, Mental Health and the Forever Person. This new series, like I said, is entitled The Three Realms. In these episodes, which will be quite a few, we're going to dig a little deeper into ourselves. And the three realms that our mental health and our forever person live in. The first realm, which many of us are very aware of, is called the realm of the natural, the physical body, the temporary realm. The realm that we can see out here, when you look at people, that's what we see. So that's going to be the first realm. And I'm going to break it up into several episodes to go through it. And then talk about the professions that deal with mental health. Some of the history of mental health. And some of the different uh, terminology and definitions. Because it's very real vital for you in your learning to understand terms and definitions. Most of us don't know what the people are talking to us, the doctors or our therapists in the mental health world. They sort of know. Uh, not a lot of people have a lot of history of it. We're getting it in bits and pieces uh, all over. A lot of wonderful sayings on LinkedIn, a lot of posts. A lot of people are trying so hard to encourage us and give us words and give us some life skills and life coaching to help us. But it's hard when you only have so many nanoseconds on LinkedIn for a post. Or you go to your therapist or your psychiatrist or your primary care physician and they're under a lot of time pressure and they got to sort of move us in and move us out. So we're going to talk about in the first set of episodes that area of the three realms. The second realm will be the realm of your soul, which as I have taught you before has a conscious awareness part and a subconscious part. And we're going to talk about precepts and concepts and beliefs and thoughts and your mind and pictures and your five senses and how all of that is more intricately involved in your mental health. should be pretty exciting if you've never studied it. Then the third realm is the realm of the spirit. It is the realm that the forever person lives in. Now, a lot of people know about it. I see them all the time in that realm. It's not a spooky realm. But some people make it very spooky. And it is very, it's very much with us here on planet Earth. It has good stuff and bad stuff in it. That is where our forever person lives. And I'm going to go into a little bit more detail about the forever person. And how he is related to and how he is affected by. And how the world, the realm of the natural, the physical body, and the soul affect it. So that all three realms are involved in mental health. And they're all involved in the healing part of it. And so I wanted to just give you this introduction before I get started with episode one. So you'll be aware of what's coming. There'll be lots of different episodes. You know me, I like to talk a lot. And I have a lot of people listening and they're here with us now. 
And so I just wanted to let you know, welcome again to a new series of Mental Health and the Forever Person, The Three Realms. It will be up on the webcam, on YouTube, on the website, www.godbelovedishere.org. It will be put on the podcast of Mental Health and the Forever Person, which you can get to from the website. And I will also podcast it on out. And uh, so you can listen to it wherever you are. And uh, so this is real vital because the world and all of humanity are dealing with the mental health and the forever person. Those two realms are connected. They are on planet Earth. And we have so many issues. And everybody, every nation, every organization, the UN, every loving faith-based person, every loving faith base, every religion, everybody's trying to solve these problems. So I'm trying to come in and just give you some basic information that when you're out there and you're trying to get healed or find a proper uh, person to help you, that you'll have a little bit of information that you can ask some intelligent questions. You can research all this out. A lot of it's on YouTube. It's out on the internet, Wikipedia. So you become an informed person. So you can know how to find the healing that you need. And a little bit more about the mental health and the forever person. So this is the introduction to the new series of mental health and the forever person the three realms and they are again that's right the natural realm which includes the physical body that is correct and the mental emotional realm that is correct that deals with the soul it's conscious and it's subconscious and the realm of the spirit yay that's right so we're going to be going into those in more detail I can't take you right there, jump you off and throw you into the deep end of the pool where I live most of the time because it takes a lot of work to get there. You gotta learn to swim, you gotta learn to bob your head under the water, hold your breath, uh, all kinds of things before you can get a lot of realizations of what's going on. But welcome. I hope to get this up today as quick as I can. I am multitasking. Tomorrow, I, and which is Saturday and Sunday, I will be in two days of training on suicide prevention and support group for the community. Uh, one of the people that's learning how to uh, help them, because it's suicide, it's in every place, it's ever, even in the jails and the prisons. We just heard about a big case about that one uh, right here in America. So is suicide real? Yes. Is it happening to, to every in every nation and every culture? Yes. Is it happening to every profession, men, boy, children? Yes. I have known five-year-old kids try to kill themselves. No, you don't. If they come out of heavy-duty abuse, they will. So this is the introduction, the three realms. I hope you enjoy it and hope you come back. Love always and forever, Pastor Deborah. Look at the board, bank your notes, get you a new notebook or tablet or whatever you use and make the notes. See you in a bit. Hello again. This is Pastor Deborah. This is episode one of series two of the mental health and the forever person, the three realms. Before I get started, I wanted to check with all my ushers and all of my helpers to make sure that everybody is here seated, got pencils and notebooks or laptops, because we are in a special place today. We're in the garden. And we've actually been moved inside from outside. We're in a lovely, lovely building, or you might call it an auditorium. Because in the garden, there are many things. There are outside things. There's nature. There's buildings. There's castles and towers. We're actually inside of the castle uh, of the kingdom where they hold a lot of meetings. 
and we're going to be teaching today and I think the king's going to be here and he's going to be listening and I'm going to be presenting some things to his people that he has wanted presented for a long long time to help them so that when they <coughs> excuse me when they leave the garden they take that information back with them back into the earthly realm on earth so I wanted to first check before we get started Wilbur Bluebirds is everybody in place they are okay his majesty is in place also and the majesty uh, the king that sits a lot of times and listens it's very difficult I don't know if you've ever been in front of a king or a majesty or a crown prince and had to present yourself as something a teacher sort of like going on TV and we hear about going in front of the shark tank in front of these billionaires and explaining our in project or our idea to them and having them sit in front of us and listen to us evaluate us see if we would be a good investment in what we have and they make decisions very quickly uh, these people are very used to listening assessing and making a quick decision so today I have been privileged to be brought before the king the ancient one and he is sitting and listening also he's way in the back and he's watching to see who's here how many people are coming if what he is doing is reaching their spirits and this area that we're going to be talking about today is so important because all of planet earth every human being down here is dealing with this subject of mental health and because he knows and believes that inside every physical body every human there is a special person in there that he is trying to reach called the forever person and he wants both the forever person and the biological emotional mind of the soul to get some new information to learn some things because they are struggling down here with lack of information as you know this is a new series called the three realms this is episode one Everybody ready your majesty may I begin okay to give you a little bit of history ancient history in fact of the three realms in this episode episode one we're going to talk about the ancient days of mental health mental health has been a part of humanity since its very very beginning the problems were that nobody really knew where the problems were coming from what were their origins now I can tell you some stories of how it happened uh, that might help you in the very beginning of humanity we all know we got here somehow some way some shape or form and we all know we are born babies we all come from a womb even if you got conceived in a petri dish which I do work with those people and you are implanted in another person's womb we know that in the womb the biological body is growing all of the organs are being developed now man doesn't really have any say about that those are preset laws government systems that are at work and even the entire biological body is being formed now lately they have discovered 
that when the person is in the womb, it can is sensitive to sounds outside of the womb. It can hear the mother's heartbeat. It is sensitive to loud sounds. It might jerk if it hears something. It can be heard if it's hit or kicked. It can be actually uh, certain chemicals can cross through the bloodline through the placenta to cause some damage. They also know that the sperm and the egg that came together, that in those DNA of the sperm and the egg, there's genes that go back to the very beginning of humanity. They're discovering now that there has been gene mutations. And there are some genes that work just quite fine, even under a lot of stress. And other genes uh, go into recession, remission, and they skip several generations. And you don't see them come along until a certain generation. We know that everything, the color of your eyes, the color of your hair, your body size, uh, your body parts, whether you have arms or legs, it's all through genetics. Now, back through time, we did learn that if the mother took, they had cases of this, where mothers would take medicine because they were so nauseated because of the biological changes in their body, actually caused the biological body of the baby not to grow correctly. And for many, many years, little babies were born without arms or legs. Now, a lot of people are still born without arms or legs, but the mother took no medicine. <clears throat> and they're looking at is uh, something happened in the gene profile that caused some genes to turn off or to turn on, not to grow, not to develop. Something happened. So we know that. The scientists know all that. That the genes, the DNA, generations past, uh, mutations, genetic altering has caused many problems. Then we know that there are some babies, even their biological brain is not fully developed. Uh, or it's overdeveloped or something's wrong. So even from conception, or even before conception, with the sperm's DNA and the egg's DNA, there can be defective genes or genes hiding in remission. But certain they have learned throughout time that certain genes carry certain biological things. Sometimes a mother's side of the family carries a gene. And sometimes the father's side. I can tell you about me. I was born from a mother, of course, and I had never had any wisdom teeth. And my two incisors right here did not have them. She did not have them. And she told me that if I had a biological girl, the genes would, through these females, they would not have the wisdom teeth or those two teeth next to the big teeth. And so that was genetic programming that was occurring. We know in hemophilia, sometimes it's passed through a mother, sometimes it skips a generation. If you study ancient monarchies, you'll see how their hemophilia was passed through the females. So there are certain diseases and genes that do affect the mental health of a person. Now, there's a lot of scientists studying the DNA now, but back in ancient days, before science really came about, they knew nothing about genes, except they had some ancient stories. And some of our wonderful, wonderful people who study, quote, aliens, and watchers who came to Earth, and they study the pictures on caves about that look like aliens came down here and helped humanity. There are stories out there that somewhere along humanity's history early on that some aliens from somewhere came down 
and they intermingled biologically with a human. And because these aliens were maybe called angels, watchers, superhuman individuals who had taken some type of human form, and they had their DNA was so powerful and so big, when they had uh, sex and they married, I don't know if they married them all, a female, the children had extra powerful DNA in them. And they became giants, is what they're called. I think they're called Nephilims. And uh, we still see remnants, if you believe in that, around where there are people who are maybe almost seven feet tall or taller. And for some reason, they seem to have a big way on up there above most people. And what they believed from that was the DNA of the female or the human race was altered and changed to this alien's DNA. And a lot of people believe that that DNA brought in not only biological changes, but some emotional changes to the mental health. It was believed because these people were taller biologically. But they had really a big attitude and they believed they were the master race and the rulers and they were more powerful physically and in every sort of way. Eventually they would call these anomalies and hide giants. We've read a lot of storybooks and fables about Jack and the Beanstalk, giants, and they seemed to always appear to be very ignorant people not very smart. It's like they biologically developed, but their brain didn't. So we have that in our history. We also have some ancient stories about what sort of started off as a good mental health in the garden with a couple that were the first couple. A lot of people called them Adam, Adam, which means dark earth, and then the helpmate that came along was called woman. This helpmate woman was designated by Adam to be a helper in the flesh and bone to him, never to be a spiritual helpmate. Well, after these two did something against their God and kingdom that they were from, they got kicked out of this beautiful garden. Everybody's heard the story. They lost Atlantis, so to speak. And then that woman got a name called Eve. And Eve actually means the mother of all living. And at that time, the only thing that was really living was biological, emotional, mental health, and the spiritual connection was cut off. And then we see shame come in, fear come in. So mental health issues, we'll call them disorders, lack of peace, started way back then. When this couple did something they weren't supposed to do, they became afraid of sort of the authority of the place they lived in, maybe like the landlord. And they became full of shame. And they tried to hide, cover themselves up, pretend like it didn't happen. So mental health problems came in right there. Then when they got kicked out of this beautiful home and place, they felt rejected. They could look over there and say, we used to live there. Now they feel abandoned, rejected. Well, they do the very best they can out in a cruel world. They have to work very hard to bring forth fruit and plants. A lot of rocks out there. Eventually they have another child. His name was Cain. And he grew up outside of this beautiful place. He grew up with parents who still felt ashamed, who felt dishonored, who felt fear. Of death all the time and um, 
who lived in this harsh condition. Well, then another brother came along named Abel. They both grew up. I guess they had sort of a normal childhood. Doesn't really say. But somewhere along the line, Cain decided to be a farmer. Went out and did a lot of work. They grew the fields, planted things. They grew. And Abel decided to be a, call him a herdsman. He herded goats and sheep and watched over them, made sure they grew, took care of them. And of course, back then, the only food you had was plants or animals. So, uh, Abel, they would raise the little ones to kill them, to eat them. But somehow there was something taught by their parents, this Adam and this lady named Eve, that when they did something against this landlord that owned this garden, he did something to help them, to cover them up, because they had lost some beautiful light and glory to help them in their mental health problems of shame, dishonor, and their guiltiness and their fear. This landlord, who had wanted to be friends with them, just walk around and talk with them, he actually went out and killed some innocent animal, probably from where they were living, skinned it, and covered these two people up with the skins of this animal. Because now they could see their physical body. They were ashamed of it. They had lost all their beauty and glory. They lived in fear of death now. Mental health came in right there. They were kicked out of their only place they knew. Out of a place of peace, where they didn't have any fears and worries. And everything that uh, was prophesied and said about them, that they were to be masters and kings and rulers and dominate the world, that all went away. Sort of like the story of Atlantis. You all hear about it. Believe there was a master race, very smart, intelligent. Something happened. Disappeared. And everybody's looking for it because something in us says we're supposed to be like the Atlanteans, smart, master race. And that's how we were originally. So now we have Cain and Abel. They're outside of that wonderful homeland, that peaceful place. They've lost their glory. They're full of shame. Fear of death, well, you might call it anxiety now. Depressed, can't go home, can't find it. So Abel raises little sheep. So it was time to do some kind of sacrifice to the landlord, this God, whoever this was, that that boys did not know, never met, but had heard about him through the parents. And I'm sure the parents in their now perverted mental health, perverted vision, aren't going to really tell the kids all the details of how they got there and what they're thinking. Not sure. They could have. But they did tell them that how you please this God or this king or this master of this place that we want to go back to is you have to kill an animal. And that's what makes him happy. Because he did that for us. And that seemed to appease his anger towards us. So if we kill an animal, sacrifice it to him. That will appease his anger. And we will get some kind of blessing, some kind of peace, cooperation with him. So that's what Abel raised little sheep and goats to do that. So it's time to do the sacrifice. And Cain, the oldest son, he worked hard, raised the crops, gathered them up, took them to wherever they did their sacrifice, presented them to this God that they did not know, to this system, this landlord they had never seen, as an offering. And Abel went and killed a little sheep or a goat, 
and brought it. And this guy, this God, this landlord of this garden, who their parents had told them was very angry because they had screwed up. This is what he required. Now, the mental health and the forever person were both working. The forever person was sort of in darkness now, and he's trying to regain within himself the peace he had. He's trying to please an authoritative figure. He's trying to have some type of relationship with him that's acceptable. So they both Cain brings a sacrifice and Abel brings a sacrifice. Now this God, who the boys may may know, may not have known, he accepts Abel's sacrifice of an animal. He's pleased with it. But he did not accept Cain's, the wheat and the grain. And what happened was, when we are sort of family, something you do and you work very hard for it, and you expend all your energy and time, and you present it to somebody as a gift, or you give it in love, or you give it because it's expected of you, or we could say you go to work, two people go to the same job, same work, and one goes willingly, they both go to work, but one produces better and one produces something that the boss did not want. So this Cain's offering was not accepted, did not please this landlord. And he was told that. And what he was also told, hey, if you will do right and you will do what I expect of you, and you will do it with love and joy. We hear that all the time. If you'll come to work, do your job, do it well. Do all that's expected of you with the right attitude. For the right reasons, you will be blessed. But Cain did not like that rebuke. He got mad. Well, he can't touch the landlord. He's sort of just a voice. Uh, he's not really in a physical form. It's sort of like now if you uh, have a job and you get an email from your boss. Get an evaluation. It doesn't go well. You have some deficiencies that you need to improve on. You get pissed off. And you get mad. Now, why do you have those deficiencies? Remember, these were uh, young men, probably past their teenage years. They had heard, they'd watched their parents do this. Maybe he wasn't learning. Maybe he was sitting there when Dad was showing him how to do the sacrifice, but he didn't want to do it. He had this streak of rebellion in him. He had this streak, don't tell me what to do. I'm going to go do what I want to do. I want to do for my reasons, don't know. Now both food, they both raised crops and animals, both were needed for the physical body of this system. Both had to have both. But the one's sacrifice, his work, was not accepted. Got rode up. Now he couldn't get back at the boss. So what he did, he plotted and he planned to take out the object, the person who did get a good report, got the blessings, got the gold star, won the first place, got the blue ribbon, got the job advancement, got the love and the blessings of this landlord, this God, which then pleased the parents, probably. He got mad at him, which was his brother. So in the mind that had lost this love and light, were never born with it, like Adam was, they plotted a plan to kill Abel, the object of his jealousy. 
Mental health, not very good, okay? Death, you felt rejection, didn't like it, angry. You're going to blame something and kill it because it represented something that was not right with him. We see that all the time. Uh, I'll use the police force. The police, law enforcement, can only enforce the laws that the congressmen and the senators have passed. They get lots and lots of training. They do their best with very unruly people. And then somebody doesn't like how they did it. Well, they don't blame the lawyers or the congressmen or the senators who wrote the law. They don't blame the law so much. They blame the enforcers of the law because they're the only ones they can get to. So Cain could not get to this landlord, this god of the garden. Couldn't get him back. Can't really see him, sort of a voice alert. But he could get his brother who had received the first place, who had received the blessing, who had received the father's approval. Now, he wasn't even the firstborn. So what is going on? The mental health was out of balance already. His emotions, his perceptions were already in trouble. He didn't like being rejected after he did a lot of hard work. Maybe he didn't understand what he was to do. Maybe he didn't ask any questions. Maybe he didn't pay any attention growing up. Maybe he was treated differently. He was the firstborn and got, was able to get away with a lot of things from his parents. And he didn't really learn. And they didn't require him to do anything. And the younger brother comes along and he's different. So Cain plotted to kill his brother Abel. So he proceeds out with mental health. He's going to lie to him and deceive him and take him out into the fields. Just talking away, having a great time, putting on a good front. And his whole plan in the back of his head is to kill his brother. The object that got the blessing, the one that this God loved and liked, this younger brother. This is within the family. So you can see mental health and a spiritual component was right from get-go. So I don't get upset when we have leaders killing their family members, locking up their family members, killing their own, imprisoning their own family, their cousins, their children. goes way back there to Cain and Abel. That's the beginning. How did that happen? They lost this place. They lost the light within sight of them. It's called a governor from this landlord or god of a kingdom that would help guide the forever person in his mental health and making good decisions. We all see it when we're little children. And little kids say, do something they shouldn't do. We swat them on the fanny. We give them a stern look. We tell them no. We are trying to train them, their mental health, their biological brain, their emotions, their senses to learn. So that when they become grown adults and they will be held legally responsible for their actions based on their decisions, based on their beliefs and concepts, they won't make mistakes. They won't break the law. They won't be unrighteous. They won't hurt people. And so parents, their job is to train a child up in the way it should go 
with the right beliefs, attitudes, and heart, and education, so that when it leaves home, becomes an adult, it has all it needs to be a functioning person in society, raise his own children correctly, pass all this good stuff on. So mental health was vital to the growth of a child. And in that, we learned in other episodes, it involves our five senses. It involves what we hear, what we see, what we taste, what we touch, uh, what we smell. So back here, the very first mental health patient, you want to call it that, issue, disorder, family, domestic violence, first murder, first lying, deception, psychotic stuff, was done in this early family. Cain's heart was hard. It was jealous. It had gotten a rejection. Worked hard out in the fields. But it didn't bring what was required, so it got a bad report. Didn't like it. Didn't like losing the race to his younger brother. Got pissed off. So when you're the firstborn, you're used to being the top dog. And when some younger brother comes along that sort of does it a little better, gets all the love from the parents, you get jealous. So here comes jealousy. So what happened? Murder got conceived through deception. The plot began. Cain took his brother out in the field, it says. Just talking, having fun. We see it all the time now on the internet. I meet somebody in a bar, we're talking to you, but deep inside, they got some other plans with you. You don't know that. Mental health was at work. So, Cain gets his brother Abel out in the field. they just talking, you know, brother talk, whatever they do. And Cain reaches over, picks up a rock, and hits the head of his brother several times and kills him. Leaves his body out there in the field. Now he thinks nobody saw him, but this God, who was sort of watching over this family, saw it. And he speaks to Cain and he says, Where's your brother? I haven't seen him today. Do you know where he's at? Now God, this God already knew, but he was going to check out Cain to see, would he tell the truth? Would he speak up? like in a courtroom and say, yes, I know where my brother is. He's dead. I killed him because I got jealous of him because you chose his sacrifice over mine and I'm the firstborn and I should always have my sacrifices be approved. I didn't like it, so I killed him. I left him out there to rot. But he didn't say that. He says to this God, this land, I don't know where he is. What's the what's the He ain't mine. Ain't my business. I don't know where he's at. Am I my brother's caper? What? The, leave me alone. That was his response. First act of murder. Is murder based on a mental health problem? Yeah. Jealousy. Yeah. Lying to authorities. Yep. Not wanting to take responsibility for your actions. Yep. All right here. All conceived in the biological brain, in the mind, in the emotions. Made a decision, plotted and planned to take another's life. Then lied about it. Do we have that going on today? Yep, sure do. Nothing's changed. <coughs> Excuse me. So, what happened? Anybody know? Oh, you haven't read this. Okay. So 
So Cain tries to run away from this inner voice. Most of us will call it our conscience. Speaking to us, you just lied. You need to tell the truth. Get it off your chest. But he wasn't going to do that. He wasn't going to take the blame for something he did. We see that all. So he starts running. But he knows he did something wrong. He knows he's guilty. But he runs. He escapes. And he's just running. And then he starts feeling the weight of his lies, his murder, his hatred of his brother. And he just falls down and he goes, this burden is just too heavy for me. I can't stand it. I want to die. And wherever I go, everybody's going to want to kill me because I've done something bad and they're going to find out. And I'm going to live in the fear of death everywhere I go. I can't trust anybody because if they find out what I did to my own brother and why I did it, they'll kill me. So this was so heavy within his mental health. It was driving him nuts. He couldn't stand the pain that was going on on the inside of him. Because it's like he knew right, he knew what he did was wrong, but he couldn't help himself. His mental health was out of balance towards his own brother. Didn't love his parents enough to talk to dad. Wouldn't take the correction of this voice, this God. So he runs. Runs from the police. Runs in the car. Runs from authority. Runs from being judged. Runs from prison. Then he fell into a thing and this voice had to tell him, okay, you feel everybody's going to kill you. I'm going to put a mark on your forehead. When anybody looks at you, they will know they do not have the right to kill you. Only I do. Only I, your creator, the one that set the rules, that's talking to you now. Only I have the right to kill you. If anybody else tries to kill you, then they're going to have to deal with me. So he puts some, so Cain gets some kind of mark, probably spiritually. And he runs off from home, gets away from mom and dad, takes one of his sisters, we believe, because by this time, we're thousands and thousands of years, there wasn't really any viruses active. And they lived, I think his dad, uh, Adam, lived 900, maybe a thousand years. So he had lots of brothers and sisters, so he took one of his sisters with him, and she became his wife, and they had kids. Could you imagine going into a marriage with a, a, a sister or a niece or a cousin who really, who sort of knows, but maybe doesn't want to believe this about you because they're looking up to big brother? And you take all that inner stuff with you, all your mental health issues, your feelings, your emotions, your guilt, your shame, your fear of death, into that marriage with them. Do you think that affected the biological genes? Mm-hmm. Sure did. A lot of research now is showing us that your emotions can affect your biological body. There are stories about people having stomach ulcers because they're under too much stress. When you get under stress, cortisol and other hormones are released. And if you live in toxic environments with toxic situations and you try to eat, you will develop, not in everybody, but you'll develop biological, physical symptoms. Your, bi your body... Biological health is directly related, they found this out, to the health of your mental health. So if something is out of balance in your mental health, your emotions, your hormones are not in balance. 
you got unforgiveness, bitterness, anger, jealousy, hate, all roaming around up in here, chemical, electrical. It will come out through hormones. Uh, the genes will be messed. You'll hear about radical genes, radical things. Uh, in cancer, it's a gene that's gone nuts. Okay. And so the mental health of a person will directly relate to their physical health. Now, a lot of people are not quite sure about this part, but I'm going to throw it out for you to think about. In Cain's case, they had lost the, the forever person. He was still there in Cain. But they had lost this beautiful light on the inside of them. It's called the governor, the kingdom. Uh, he had lost connection to this voice that's God. It's called the spirit of life. When Adam disobeyed and ate of the apple, the whole forever person became a rebellious territory. And this wonderful light, this governor, this law, this had to leave. So by the time that Cain was born, he was born without that light. He had no connections on the deep inside of the forever person. Guiding him, teaching him, talking to him, shining rays of light to the soul, to the mental health, that would then shine on out to the physical body. So we had a mess. Now, in mental health and the forever person, they are connected. They are intersected. And so in this first one, we're just sort of getting a history of how mental health got started in the human race. Where was its beginnings? Now, in the other episodes, I'm going to take you back to the Greeks, to India, to Rome, back to Hippocrates, back in the BCE days, back in the early 1800s. How did we get to where we are today? How did this all come about? Right now, you get a good foundation that humanity didn't get started like this. When they were in the garden, it was pretty good. And that's what everybody's trying to get back to, that place where there's no fear of death. There's peace on the inside. There's peace between brothers Cain and Abel. Now, later on, I'm going to get more into Ishmael, which happens to be all of his children are the Arabs in the Middle East, and how their relationship to Isaac, which they all know about, both the same father, Abraham, sort of like this guy, both Cain and Abel had the same father, Adam. And how family relationships caused a big problem and how they're just mad at each other. So we need a lot of family reconciliation. But the first mental health was seen way back then. And it didn't get any better. Now there's no doctors. Okay, but there was jealousy. There was anger, disobedience, lying, killing, murdering, uh, covering up your butt not liking being rejected. It started back then. So we have to go back to see our roots so we can come forward. And we can learn from that basic place. We see it back in some of the ancient histories, all the wars between people, the killing, the slavery, the child abuse, the lying, the cheating, the wars between nations. Where did all that come from? First started with Cain and Abel. And it magnifies itself. It grows out of that between Cain and Abel, brothers. Had the same mom and dad, but they had no light. 
one did right was blessed by something authority figure they both worked hard and their responses were totally different and one produced a horrible mental health on the inside of a person now nobody knew what was going on on the inside of Cain his brother Abel didn't I'm sure Cain put on a good front, loved his brother, hugged him, didn't say anything to mom and dad, but was plotting and planning to kill him. We all do this. That is the power of mental health and our soul. Without the love of, of agape love in it, and be able to say, okay, I didn't do what my parents taught me to do. They taught me to kill an animal. But I brought fruits and vegetables. Now I worked hard for it. And what did this God say to Cain? He said, look, that's not what I want. Now, if you go and do right, you'll be blessed. So he was told how to correct himself. And we've all been there. We've all been told, go and study again. Take the test again. And you'll get the accolades, you'll get the pat on the back, you'll get the, the love you want, you'll get the acceptance. Okay, you didn't get it right this time. You didn't get first place. Go back and do it right. So, a loving father or God or government said, hey, giving you a warning. Here's your warning ticket. Go and don't speed anymore. Don't drink and drive anymore. Don't text and drive. Don't beat your wife, your kids. Well, that doesn't do it. We're going to put you, give you a ticket. Going to pay some money. That won't do it. We'll put you in jail. Until you go ding dong. Somebody's trying to help me to correct my behaviors that are coming from my mental health from inside of me. So Cain was told, if you'll do it right, and you bring me the thing I want, I'll bless you. But he got pissed off. And he goes and kills his brother out of jealousy and greed. Don't like being told what to do, that what he did was wrong, wasn't good enough. Okay, does that sound like our people we know about today? Killed his own brother. Why? Because his brother was the object of a blessing he didn't get. His brother seemed to listen to dad better. Did it right? Maybe you got a little streak of rebellion in you. Don't want anybody to tell you what to do. And you get jealous because you didn't work as hard as somebody. And you don't get the blue ribbon. You didn't get a 100 on the test because you wanted to go play. And the other person studied. But you don't like that. So now you want to just change the rules. And you want everybody to get a 100. Even if they don't study. Oh, you can't make it into college on your own? Well, we'll get mom and dad to pay somebody some money to break the rules because you can't do it on your own. You need some help. Oh. I want something. I'm going to go find some bad stuff on you. I'm going to blackmail you with it. And you're going to owe me. And I'll threaten you if you don't do what I want you to do. Is that good mental health? Is that a child of Cain or Abel? That is where mental health and the forever person's history got started. And then we'll bring it on down in the next episode. Pre keep on bringing it down till eventually we get down here to modern day. Because it's an exciting, exciting adventure and trip. How it went through the Greeks, India, went through Rome, uh, the early, early BCE people, what they thought about mental health. They used to believe mental health was a spiritual problem. And then we get into the uh, 1700s, 1600s, 
and how we get into the 1900s and we get into psychoanalysis and nerves and how we get to today. Because if you're going to be an informed person, whether you're trying to help people or you're trying to get help for yourself and be healed, knowing where the history of everything comes from, you can go and ask people questions. All this is out on the internet, Wikipedia. Type in something, go read. And you'll learn why certain uh, systems believe what they believe. You don't get mad at them. You just try to educate them. So I wanted you to hear about the beginnings, ancient, ancient history, of mental health how it is connected to our forever person and our actions and our behaviors and our, what we do, what we think, how we interact with people. And that's how it sort of got started on planet Earth. Now, none of us were there. We're all having to read books and manuscripts and clay tablets and look on the hieroglyphs and we're having to look on cave walls and we're having to read things and interpret things about life in the ancient days and there's a lot of great movies out there that can help us and a lot of science fiction movies because they're getting dreams and visions because the one who's sitting here who I'm talking in front of and is auditorium uh, he wants us to know he does not want us to be ignorant because when you are in ignorance he calls it darkness whatever you have no light and knowledge on can be used against you that ignorance can be a weapon a snare a pit that you can fall into so he is a, a person who believes in knowledge and light, information, in providing long ancient histories that have always been there. But as we know, like if you go and study uh, over in Egypt, the tombs, they got covered up by time, by rocks. You got to go digging. And then when you do find something, you don't know what it is. You got to clean it up, do some history and research. We didn't know what the hieroglyphics were telling us until we found a stone that had three languages on it. There's some we don't even know what they are. We just got a handprint in a cave. What are they trying to tell us? We got languages that just look like stick figures. What does that mean? Now, if you study all of the countries and nations of the world and you study their religious books, their spiritual books, talk to their historians, we all go back. We're all going to get back to the ancient Greeks and Romans. We're going to get back to the ancient days of the Arabs, of Europe. We're going to get on back when the whole planet, all the earth was one. It was called Pangaea before it split apart. Because everybody's got a lot of questions. How did all the dinosaurs get everywhere? We got trees that are 4,000 years old, the redwoods. Where did all that oil come from? We have fossils of seashells and dinosaurs buried in dirt, the glaciers. There was a world, and there were worlds, there was existence and civilizations on the planet before we got here. Sometimes to find out who you are, how your mental health and your forever person got, works today, you have to go back and see its beginnings. And that's what I did today. So I hope you enjoyed it. I hope all of you come back to, for episode two. We'll keep going in this realm, this 
first realm of the natural, the temporal, uh, and sort of tie things in. We'll do this for several more episodes. And um, then we'll go into realm two of the soul and we'll dig a little deeper. People are trying to figure it out. Wait till you try to. Oh, they have not figured it out. They don't know. We're now into gene therapy. Uh, gene, okay, but they're causing it. We're into all the biochemicals of our thing and our nerves, everything. Uh, they don't know what causes PTSD, dream, uh, D, the dreams. Uh, you know, what causes all these memories to come back? How are the memories stored? Uh, how does somebody lose hope? What part of us loses hope so we want to commit suicide? What is going on? But at the same time, if somebody has a near-death experience, they discover another part of themselves, the forever person. And that is strange. We hear a lot of stories about that. Well, what is that part? How does that relate to us? But right now in this series, the three rounds, we're just going to get a, a sort of an overview of the history, terminology, how some of the things came about and bring us up to today. So we have a better knowledge and understanding for ourselves. So I hope you enjoyed it. I hope everybody comes back again. I'll try to get this on up today if I can. I have to do some more. I'm trying to work on a thing for Rachel Grant. Uh, my third uh, installment called The Ruby Slippers about healing the dreams of a broken heart through the movie Wizard of Oz. So enjoy. Love having you. Come back again. Pastor Deborah.